Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What's up? This is uh, Robert Kelly. I'm in uh, Calgary, still on the uh, Just for Laughs tour, and uh, I'm doing a special podcast today with uh, a very interesting motherfucker who's been on the tour with me for the last three weeks, uh, Mr. Bob Arno. Monsieur Arno. <laughs> <laughs> I should From Sweden, who doesn't know how to say fuck you in Swedish. Yes. There is just no translation. <laughs> I actually, if I might have to put subtitles on this or have somebody <laughs> interpret it. If you can't understand some shit, just move on. But uh, Bob, Bob is, he's a, I would say, I a mean. A legal he, thief. Well, a legal thief, but you're also a comic. Yeah. You do. Uh, Get I mean, a little laugh. You're funny. Inadvertently. Yeah. Well, yeah. not inadvertently. I mean, yeah. methodically. Lots of planning. <laughs> yeah, lots of yeah. planning. Swedish planning. Right, Swedish planning, which That's is close to German planning. <laughs> you know how that worked out. Yeah, don't get in our way, because <laughs> we will walk over I, I got to just say something right now, though. It's so funny, because I'm doing this, uh, we're doing this in the hotel, but Bob is like seven feet tall, and I have him sitting in a chair, and he's just, he looks like just a fucking big stick. You're just uncomfortable. Are you comfortable? I, I just, am comfortable. All right, well, yes, you, look, yes. you look uncomfortable. No, I like to be in this position because it makes you feel uncomfortable. What, with your fucking sack yeah, hanging out? Yeah. It does not, believe me, come on, I was molested fucking three times. It does nothing to me. Listen. <laughs> I, have can, I have Italian pants. It's holding yeah. me in really nicely yeah. here. His fucking sack <laughs> looks like an old lady's vagina right now. But Bob is yeah. actually... He is, he's, he's, uh, I don't know if you've, if anybody has been to the show, uh, I've, you know, I don't know how many fucking fans I have in Canada, but, uh, he's actually, a, a, a pickpocketer. Yeah. A, a professional pickpocketer. I mean, he does it in a theatrical way on the tour, but you also teach police and government yep. and you go around and you hang out with thieves. Yep. Uh, you've been doing this for how long? Uh, 40 years. 40 years. Four zero. Really? Yeah, 20 years of those 40 really serious. The other 20 amateurish fumbling, stumbling. No, but, okay, <laughs> but all right, so 20 no, years serious I started what? out looking for bad guys in 1964. Right. Vietnam War. Okay. Uh, and uh, I was a photographer, war photographer, okay. and I had a mentor. I had a guy who was seriously good. Right. And this guy, by accident, got me pointed to look for some bad guys. So hang on one second. Let me stop you one yep. second. So you were a photographer in the war, yep. Vietnam. Yep. And you 
met this guy who was a professional thief. Well, you got no. He was not a thief at all. He no. He was a war war photographer. A war he photographer took also took me under his arms, got me into places I would never have got otherwise. I was twenty three years old. Right. I have no idea how to finagle, how to position myself to get good picture, how to get close to the action. Okay. This guy was close to the action. Right. While we were out there, we buy in the same hotel. A right. flop house hotel. Right. A major drug guy happened to live there. Right. A drug runner. Right. This guy I got friendly with. Okay. Inadvertently, or I would say by plan, or however you want to call it, um, some agency people, law enforcement, asked me to tack on to this guy. And that led me into the underworld, into the beast of the belly, or however you want Hang to call it. Hang on one second. Belly of the beast. But yeah. go ahead, do you no, think? No, I'm Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> you cucks, I can say everything backwards. <laughs> belly of the beast. That's right. Beast of the belly. <laughs> um, so, so you got into hanging out with these thieves. That's right. Because you needed to get, for, you wanted to get the good shots. You wanted, yeah, to, well, you wanted to, and then you got fascinated with these. You got to remember that Saigon, that's the the the, the capital in those years. That's where all the bad guys were hanging, right? All, and in Hong Kong. Okay. So from 1965 to 1970, the center of drug running, of money laundering, yeah. of all kinds of bad guys, they were hiding in that part of the world. Okay. They were making money off the military from the uh, casino, from the slots inside the military camps there were hundreds of thousands of dollars to be made through the military they were cheating no they, no, they weren't cheating they were just not Making getting money. the money off those machines they wanted to get it out from them in an illegal manner right. and so there was a lot of bad guys hanging in Asia in those years I happened to have a room beside this guy. I got friendly with right. him. You as law enforcement asked me could I tack on to him and through that I got to be very close to various strange law enforcement agencies. Right. That led me to a fascination to look at bad guys around the world. I was young. I was inexperienced. I had no idea how to kind of what we call social engineer. Social engineer is what hackers do. Right. They get close to people. They pretend to be someone right. they're not. Right? Well, you've been doing for the last three weeks exactly. to me. Exactly. Because you probably Correct. have all my social passwords. You know my fucking <laughs> Facebook password. You're going to fucking rob me blind. That's great. But to, <laughs> to make that story shorter, uh, it... It was a, a, a scenario where I was just fascinated with bad guys. Right. And in the, for the next 10 years, I was simply an entertainer and a photographer. So how did you get I into dropped, entertaining from photography? I had a, a passion as a kid, as a hobby. But what did you do as entertaining? How did you entertain back a then? A bad magic act, a bad show <laughs> for the U.S. military. I stumbled. You were a shitty magician? I, I worked in whorehouses where nice. the U.S. military sold. So uh, the main thing is I wanted to find work. Right. So I would I could be photographer half the time. I wasn't good enough to sell my photos all the time. But this guy, this mentor, had me in unbelievable places. For example, the Burning Monk, the suicide of Burning Monk. That picture was for, uh, on the front of New York Times. Not because I was good in being there, but because this other guy happened at 3 o'clock in the morning to get to this place where the suicide was happening. We were three photographers. You took that? Took that picture. What is it called? It's called the suicide of, of the monk. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I can give you a, a specific name of the monk. It's not interesting because we were free people no, if I at wanted the same to, time. If I wanted to Google I can, that. I can give you all of that information. No, so right that now. Can, what no. is it? 
uh, not a chance I can remember the pronunciation. All right. uh, uh, you know, well, it, just it, for people listening, yeah. if they Nin- wanted to go yeah. see the photo. June of 1963. Yeah. Three photographers that took it, uh, I was one of them. Wow. So they would have to kind of Google all of that information. Okay, it's so check... It's boring today because it's history. It's way back. 1963. You remember that? Dude, today that's crazy. You took a photo of a... A, yeah. a, somebody on fire. Yeah, well, no, that's true. pretty yeah. crazy. It dude. was pretty. How is that boring? It, <laughs> well, it's boring today because dude, let me it was, tell you, you gotta remember it's manipulated. Let me tell you, the guy did not kill himself uh, because he wanted to. It was the other monks. There were like five of them. There was a stick like they kind of drew who was going to be the suicide. They drugged him. He didn't feel pain. It was right. manipulation politically so that they could make a statement against the government to stop the war. It wasn't that one man, 25-year-old, decides that I am going to kill myself. Well, I, look, I'm not going to get into what's get the better way to fucking, what's a better suicide. You know, oh, I didn't feel anything. Dude, he fucking died. Right. Whatever. What I'm saying, it wasn't a, you didn't get noticed for a photo of a dumb tulip. No, no, you, right. you took a photo of somebody on That's fire. Right. That's fucking I, crazy. I was, you know, That's crazy. Ten, 10 feet away. Okay, now let me ask you a question. So you, you're, you're over here. You're yep. a photographer. You yep. meet this guy. Yep. You get, you get into this underworld stuff. You yep. do, you taking. You're in a fucking crazy. You're a young kid in this crazy situation. Yeah, I learned, quick. and you like it. Ah, uh, that's right. So now, how the do you get? Factor. How do you get from there to pickpocketing okay, to being a pickpocketer? Oh. From there, I became a, a, a semi-bad or semi-good entertainer. I would say within three years, I became a pretty fucking good entertainer. Right, and because and you know why? Simply because of the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War made me a great entertainer. Right. I came out with an attitude of, you know, pulling this here and holding up cards and rabbits and crap. Right. I couldn't get the attention, you know, within half a minute on stage for these young American GIs up no. and down Vietnam. All well, let me just say something. You're in, a horse, you're in a whorehouse, Bob. Yes. I mean, <laughs> it's a hard gig. I mean, it's pussy. That's right. Or Bob to- some, some young Swede. That's right. I mean, come on. Yeah, so I learned fast. Audience participation is the only way I could get them. Dragging them up and right. doing shit with them. Right. That's what shaped me. So you and suck so- their cocks. Well, uh, no, that's kidding. a word I'm that kidding. maybe you know more about I'm than I do. Kidding. Like, I'm so kidding. Go ahead. How do you translate that into Swedish? Can you explain for <laughs> you me? You know. I've seen some of your <laughs> Swedish porn. So you would, you actually said, okay, I can't I can't physically just stand. That's I have right. to go and do shit That's right. Guys. Exactly. All right. That's smart. Okay. So pickpocketing uh, is something that I had a, an interest of uh, as an entertainer. Uh, you know, in the beginning, what can you do? The guys aren't dressed with anything. There are no wallets they're carrying. There's very little. So in the beginning, you stumble, you fumble, and then you get better. And I realized that the road to this was to look at real thieves, look at real pickpockets in the street. So for a journey of 15 years or so, I was hanging in, you know, Hong Kong, in Paris, in in uh, in Rome, in the in between my bookings, in between my serious engagement, looking for the real stuff. So you went from Vietnam to becoming an entertainer, a yes. magician, and yep. uh, and uh, c- comedy, and correct. So you do these shows, and in between these shows, you would go and do research on that's real right. thieves. Now, that's this right. is the weird thing: is that okay? You hear about pickpockets, you hear you know thieves and stuff yep. like that, but it's it's still look. I went a to mystery. I went to Guatemala, yeah. 
and the guy told me, look, you have to be very careful. These people can steal your yep. underwear. Yep. But in my head, I went, and after I came back, nothing happened. Yeah. I didn't get, you know, I had, I had uh, you know, the money belts, yeah. and I was hiding my, I'll tell you a funny story. I literally had $400 cash in two money belts. And you okay, wanted was, them to touch you there because you hadn't been touched in a long time. That, and, that was a good one, Bob. No, <laughs> I was so paranoid, I kept counting it to make okay. sure nobody took some. Right. I went to the bathroom at a restaurant in, in uh, Antigua. Antigua. <laughs> okay. I took Antigua the, is a little far away from, from Guatemala, but, but never mind. Well, it's in Guatemala. I thought you said Antigua. Antigua. What's the, what's Antigua? What is it? In, I'll have to Google it now. Okay. Antigua. Antigua. Let's not show either uh, of us whatever. ignorance for geography. Okay, yeah. Geography. Well, it's, we're both wrong. Okay. But listen, <laughs> I'm in this little town in Guatemala. Okay. Okay. All right? You fucking, yeah. fucking goddamn precise <laughs> cocksucker. And I checked my money yeah. in the bathroom. I left the 400 on the toilet. 400 American by on the toilet. I was so paranoid. I kept checking it. I left it on the toilet. We left. We were in Chichi Customango. And someone come and knock on your door and say, no. hey, sir, you forgot I was, this. I was three hours away in the mountains. <laughs> I robbed myself in Guatemala. Right. Literally, okay. what happened. So it's like these thieves, you don't, I, you know, you never hear of it. It's like this almost like underworld, but it almost doesn't exist like, like uh, folklore. But it, it does really exist. does. It, it does, does. Yeah. You know, I mean, today I'm I'm considered maybe one of the world's foremost experts at street crime. Right. Uh, I haven't always been that way. So for the last 20 years, I've been very deep in this shit. I mean, seriously deep. Right. Um, but you don't get there uh, simply by just having a passion. It's a, it's a long road in order to get the respect, in order to get the money to afford to go in and do the research and to get the law enforcement agencies to pay for the work that you're doing. So it's a very long road. But... Um, don't kid yourself. This crime does ex exist in some places more than others. Now, right. it doesn't. It's not everywhere. It's not. It doesn't mean that if you walk in on the street of Aruba in the nighttime that you for sure are going to get robbed. You're right. not. But if there are some places where you walk in the wrong street at eleven o'clock in a certain city. The chances of getting robbed is 75%. You just need to know the statistics of one country, one city versus another. But there's two getting robbed. There's, you know, Rio de Janeiro getting yeah. robbed. Which, Stupid. Which you hit get... Hit you over the you head. Get, yeah, Whoa. hit you over the head, kidnap you, yeah, kill you. And, and then there's your rob. Yeah. Which is... You don't, you don't even feel them. You're, Most of the you're, time. An hour yeah. later, you're yeah. looking for your wallet and it's gone. You're, you're sipping espresso yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Right. Well, That's the, what you're talking but about. But you've got to remember that what you think about pickpocketing or what most people think, which is that smooth stuff, the thing that you don't feel, yeah. it doesn't happen when you walk in the street. It's going to happen when you step up on a bus, when you're a little crowded or an escalator, an elevator, maybe 11 o'clock in a casino, some broad come in and rubs her bum against you and from one side and you think that she's coming on while the other dude is working from the side. So if you backtrack, every time that you lose your wallet or lose your cash, you lose your credit card, there is a very precise moment when they used deceit and misdirection, deceit of the highest caliber, because remember, we are animals. If you look on all of these animals, National Geographic, the prey, the wolves running around, the lions, yeah. they look for the weak, for the moment when you're most weak. Right. That's what the people, uh, the gangs who do pickpocketing. Now, where, where, are the, where, is the most, where are the most pickpocketers? Where would you find the well, most? You know, there's two ways of looking at it. You can look at the sheer statistic volume of where it's happening. And you can also say, where am I most impressed because of the cleverness, mm -hmm. the dubious, the devious way? 
I'm going to say that Barcelona is going to be extremely high in terms of just sheer shit, shit happening every day. Okay. If you take a website, travel website, people going to Barcelona, you're going to see of 100 people, 15 of them, people have tried to steal. Not really? necessarily succeeding, but at least 15%, someone is trying. Now, right. you take Oslo, for example, in the summer. You're not going to have that kind of numbers, not even New York. Uh, a French tourist goes to, to, to New York. He's not going to get pickpocketed. Mm. But if he goes down in the underground subway at the five-hour rush hour, well, maybe there's a small chance he gets pickpocketed. Right. Same thing with London. So if you're asking for sheer numbers, yes, uh, that's going to be something like Barcelona. Now, what about finesse? What about the actual Style, art of Style, the yes. art of it. Uh, I'm going to say Russia, St. Petersburg. I'm going to say uh, Naples in Italy superb technique because they they the police they're paying them off you know they're, they're paid so little money that there's a lot of if not necessarily corruption but the legal system is such that they can't afford to put the guy in jail mm -hmm. they have so much other stuff problem tax problem or terrorism or burglaries or cars blowing up right. that they can't put a guy who's doing a non-violent crime stealing sixty dollars from your wallet even if they catch the guy the system can't afford to put this guy in jail so these guys get really good because they do it day after day after day. Now, there's a there's a certain code that you've talked about with these guys though. If I if I got pickpocketed and I caught the guy, yep. I went, whoa, yeah, he's gonna give me my money back, or is of he gonna want to fight me? Nineteen. Well, you see, in in South America, and that means all the way from our border down. Mm -hmm. Pickpocketing, they call them lanzatos, which is basically speed mugging. Well, it's not mugging as we know it. They don't push you against the wall. They may be a walk behind you. They see that the pocket is gaping. Right. They see the print of the money. They mean the four corners of the wallet. They come by. They dash into your little brush. They rip it off quickly. If you look at the speed by which the hand go in and out. Right. Now, you turn around. You felt the brush. You felt something. Well, the guy is already 30 yards away. Right. right? You run after this guy. Well, at the corner of the street is a partner with a knife. All this guy has to do is to knife you. Now, that's a different pickpocketing style than in Paris. Right. The majority of professional pickpockets do not want confrontation. Right. It's going to be much easier to just say, hey, dude, here's your wallet. Are right. you going to try and fight this guy? Or are you going to say, hey, thank God, I got my ID, my driver license. Why would I, with my wife, try and mess up a guy who maybe is on drugs? Right. So, confrontation among pickpockets is unusual. Unless right. you're in South America, yeah. expect trouble. Right. Now, you've, the funny thing is, and I've asked you this question before, you've been pick. you've been, you consider yourself a professional pickpocket, right? You, well, yes, I do consider my professional pickpocket. Okay, correct. now, you've been doing it, you've been doing it for how long? 20 years, correct? As a, as a, re as a good researcher, as a guy who can be out in the street and right. doing it, being right. accepted by them, yes. Okay, now, you don't pickpocket people. You will do it. And then give it back to right. to inform people. Correct. You've never been arrested. Correct. You've never stolen anything. Well, I've stolen lots of things, but it's been under the guise of either a legal department you or know what I mean. a unit. Yes. Correct. So, all right. Let's. I want to get to that. Never, I want to get to that. Ever you've for never, the sake of benefiting myself. You've never stolen anything just to get a sandwich at Subway. No. Correct. You've stolen stuff, but it's for a specific job. Correct. That you probably can't talk yes. about. Correct. Right. So for. 
whatever. Right. The government. We whatever need, it is. We correct. need these. Go we, get them. Yeah, and well, you've done it. But not for yes, you. Correct. Okay. So, but you hang out with these people. On purpose. On purpose. Right. And now let me stop right here. You have a, a person that goes with you. I have a lot of these. You have somebody that goes with you too. Well, that, that is a complex thing to, to go into. I don't know how many <clears throat> minutes you, we, you know, we can We're go good. into that little, good. little part. But um, if, you, if I'm going out, there are two ways that I may want to hang with these guys. A, simply the respect of the day. I'm looking at the team over a couple of years. I recognize them. And I say, hey, these guys are truly unbelievable. I want to dig deeper in how come they are so fucking good. Okay, right? stop That's right there. Way. I want to hear. Stop. Remember right. what you're going to say. So you see these guys, yes. you study them, they don't know, That's how right. do you get in with them? How uh, is that? has to be over a three-year period. Be Jesus. Because they are not going to just, you know, you can't just walk up to a guy and say, hey, listen, what here, look at my iPod, see that? That's me working in Las Vegas, what do you think of that? I mean, I can put the two, three-minute clip on right. an iPod and go up to a guy who I think is good and say, what do you think of that? He's going to laugh and say, that's very good, uh, so you, Bob Arno, and he's going to laugh. That doesn't mean that he's going to spill his guts in the evening in the coffee house, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have to kind of figure out. That's why social engineering is important. You take anyone who works in the intelligence community or, or security, you've got to understand that the criminal mind is one of suspicion because they're going to say, I don't want to go back into the joint, into the box, as they say. Right. Once you're out of the box, you don't want to go back in. Right. So anyone who starts a communist conversation with that person, yeah. the first thing is going to happen is that red flag, umbrella, or flags go up because they're thinking that you're trying to mess with them and get them to spill secret. So unless you have a way of social engineer getting into that mindset, getting them to accept me, it's not going to work. Right, because it's like it's almost like a, a cop who infiltrates a bikey gang, whatever, and yes. they don't smoke weed or drink. It have to be a long time. That, that's you because yeah. you're going into these guys and you're not stealing. You know, like it would be easier for you if you could be like, dude, I steal too. Let's go get that lady yeah. and get her money and be like, split it. You'd be in like <laughs> Flynn, right? Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, they're going to look at me and they're going to know that I'm a foreigner. Uh, you know, obviously, I have to speak a few languages in order to be able to work, to accept it or break some of the barriers down. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to do something funny in the beginning. I may have to um, sometimes offer something that they want. And, of course, I, that part I can't go into right now. But uh, the bottom line is over the years... That's the I most interesting part, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Why would you even say it? <laughs> now I want to know! Everybody well, listening, well, they want to know. What well, the fuck? Well, okay, let, let me... Let me go a little just very thin on okay. the outside, okay? Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. 
let's assume that uh, you're in a territory yeah. where some guys have served some time and they're concerned with the next time they're going into the job. Let's assume that I somehow can say that I have a little association with prosecutor or whatever. You yeah. can reduce the time depending on what they talk about. Right. Maybe one can say that I am working on certain security things right. where... If I find a, a snitch among ten guys, you know, anyone else in the gang who knows that he is a snitch, obviously he's going to be cut or, or whatever, hurt seriously. So right. you're going to find the weakest link among these guys. Right. And that guy you're going to have to sort of start getting a relationship with and hopefully be able to dangle a carrot for. Okay, so now, um, you know, I mean, and I, I do want to mention your wife too, because she's yeah. Bambi. Yep. She, uh, she's an intricate part. Yeah, she well, she's first of all, you know, she's sexy. Yep, sexy lady. Right. Uh, she's ballsy. She's got yep. an attitude. Yep, yep. And uh, I, you yeah, know, she definitely. Oh yeah, she definitely <laughs> tells you to shut your sweetest yeah. face when <laughs> you definitely need you. You are a wordy cocksucker, Bob. <laughs> you fucking eight in the yep. morning. What do you think about the shut the fuck up? <laughs> but you know, she goes with you yeah. too, and you say she's an. Uh, she's okay. intricate. On intricate the other part, hand, she how? draws the line much uh, further from the safety factor than I do. I mean, I take fucking chances because I'm older and I feel that, uh, you know, I've lived a very long life and uh, there is a bit of a rush factor in what I'm doing. Right. And, you know, what comes, what comes. While she uh, probably is looking more at if something really goes wrong, yeah. do we want to get hurt? Do we want to have something really explode in our face? Well, I might, I might be not a gambler, but I may look at people's expression and feel that I can read when the explosive moment comes. Right. And what... Stay away from it. Does she, does she sit in with you? Does she meet these people with you? Is she involved? Very, very often. Yes, right. very often. Not, not, of course, not every time because it's just from a language point and many other reasons, it's not going to work. But there are times where, you know, I may be up at 2 o'clock in the morning in a bar in Johannesburg or whatever and she's not going to come along on that. Okay. But most of the time we function as a team. Sometimes she's the, the front person because, you know, sometimes we have to be 40 yards. We have to sort of tag and she is first and walks for a while. And if they sense her, I will tag. So we kind of shift until we establish that rapport. Right. And you guys have been together for 20 years. More, 25. Now. 25 years. And ha has she been a part of this? Has, did, is that how it started? Well, you know, I worked before I met Bambi uh, long-term in Las Vegas for maybe 15 years in casinos and casino shows. Right. Now, there comes a point where that's not thrilling. You know, you wake up the next day and say, hey, listen, this is the third year in the same contract. Now, let's see if there's another side here, for right. more fun. So when I married Bambi, obviously she was quite young and we wanted to see the world. And right. so when we started traveling, that's when we decided to take my pre prior contact with law enforcement and my going back to some of those contacts and re-establishing and starting this research. So we, we published a book, hmm. or rather Bambi was the one who was most uh, instrumental in writing it on travel security, and then things just like a snowball. We couldn't step off. It just got faster and faster. What's the book called? Uh, travel Advisory, How to Avoid Theft, Cons, and Scams. Okay, by Bob Arno and Bambi? Uh, that's correct. Uh, so th the snowball effect is that we... I think, not necessarily by design, by fluke, that's a good word for this, we stumbled on an area that had not before had specialists. 
And so, you know, how are you going to be an expert at pickpocketing? Let's assume you're a law enforcement officer in New York mm -hmm. on the pickpocketing detail. Now, right. most of the time you stay three, four, five years on that detail, mm -hmm. and then they move you on to something else. That means that in five years you're going to get very good at pickpocketing in New York. But you're mm -hmm. not going to be a global expert. You're not going to know that the guy in Johannesburg or the guy in Hong Kong works similar or telegraph to send the identity theft information to Bulgaria, Romania, and that they max out the cards with new type of SIM. I mean, it's, it's just a very, very complex, very large thing. So in order to, uh, uh, I got this as a field, I would say, global field, where I didn't have any competition. It's that simple. Right. Now, this is the weird part to me, is that it's almost like like being Superman, knowing you can fly, but you can't, you never fly. It's like, if I knew how to fucking steal, steal. people's shit... You wouldn't be in this hotel room and standing on stage, you would be taking 60,000 no, from one dude and no, be done I with it for six months. I wouldn't steal credit cards, I wouldn't want to take people's no. fucking lives... But would I be in a mall at Christmas and bump into some jackass and fucking steal his twenty dollars in his wallet? Fuck you, yeah! You know, ninety-nine uh, percent of thieves. Because you can take watches too. It's not just. Yeah. I mean, all right. Let me just explain the show. What I've seen. Yeah. What I know. You bring people up on stage. Yep. You take. You can take somebody's watch. You can take their tie off their neck. You can. You can uh, steal their wallet. I mean, you. You can literally take all this shit off of somebody. And they don't even know. Bobby, can I stop you in the track? Yeah. What kind of fucking mansion are you going to live in if you're in the streets and you can steal a tie? What good is that? Dude, that's not the point. <laughs> you see, that's the thing. I would have my job, jackass. <laughs> I would just love to steal somebody's fucking tie. That's some crazy shit, yeah. dude. That's like, being that's a, I mean, take a, a guy's right. watch off okay. his wrist. Is so how much money is that? Now, let me just give you an example. This bright, this bright a Rolex. A yeah. How many places on this tour, how many Rolexes have you seen? Zero, right. except on your own wrist, the Brightlin. Right. Otherwise, we've seen zero. Right. So where are you going to see a Rolex? Maybe in New York, some lawyer, some, some hip dude in L.A. in the film industry or whatever, or, or parts of Europe where guys want to show up. Right. The point here is a pickpocket, 99%, is not making serious money in the streets right. unless they know how to turn the stuff, the social security into identity theft. Now, so, I don't know of any good American pickpocket who is not making at least 3000 a week, and they're doing it simply by stealing that ID theft, getting cash advance. So it's not, not from what you have in your pocket. It's free, they, want, they want who you are. Yeah, they want course. who you are, yeah. and they want and to And if get, you're good at that, right. the sky is the so limit. This, so this the sky is the limit. So this is an Oliver Twist. It's not... Not a bunch of kids running around stealing watches and right coins. Right now, there right. is two guys in Romania and Bulgaria, Gypsy right. Kings, who sent 60 young people that they got from poor families, sent them into England, steal all across England, up and down for two years. Half of that money they had to send back into Romania. They live in, in palaces. It took the law enforcement uh, close to two years to break the ring. Mm -hmm. Those guys who sit at the top of the heap, serious money. Everybody else... Right. <laughs> so they do still have pickpockets, these kids yeah, yeah. who steal watches and wallets and all. Some and parts they of the send world. It, yeah. They send it back in the... Some parts of the world. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, my point is not about making money. The fact that you have the ability to take somebody's shit at an airport, a movie theater, yeah. an escalator, a mall, whatever. And then and, what? and you don't do it. Yeah. Just for shits and giggles. <laughs> just to be like, dude, check this out. Flap. <laughs> pull a fucking... 
you know, an Ocean's Eleven on somebody, and they'd be like, check now, this out. A good pickpocket, they call it have heart. Now, you would say, if I use the term have heart, you're going to say immediately, oh, that means that he has compassion. It means exact opposite. There's a rush factor when he puts his money into the pocket of the victim or into the lady's handbag. Right. A good pickpocket feels a rush for two and a half seconds while the hand is in there. Right. And they call that have heart. You either have it or you don't. Unless you have that bit of criminal mindset, yeah. you're not going to get the rush factor. Right. I think that if you put your hand into somebody else's, you're going to say, hey, wait a minute, he's going to break my whatever, right? right? Yeah. So you're going to be reluctant. Right. A thief loves that moment. Right. Okay, yeah. Well, here's the thing is, don't forget, I did steal your briefcase at the airport right from under your nose. And I could have been gone, you cocksucker. That's right. And you didn't even know. That's right. How's that make you feel? Huh? Not bad at all. <laughs> I snatched that right from you. How's that happen? Huh? You know what it is? Is you're a chatty Kathy, yeah. and once you get you yeah. going, that's all you have to do to steal yeah. from you yeah. is just, just bring up, talk. bring up, ask you like three questions. <clears throat> Actually, just, uh, you know, uh, it's not quite true. When we travel, when we're outside in our own environment, yeah. we think about the 180 degrees of our back, meaning right. you have 100 degrees forward, 180 degrees back, right? right. If you're in any form of security scenario, you want to think about your own shit, you, you, you stand so that no one can be behind you, and then you watch forward, and you make sure that you have immediate contact with all of your belongings. Meaning, mm -hmm. if I'm going to Rome, if I'm checking out from the airport with my bags, I'm pushing the cart, that's how I think. What's behind me, what's in front of me, eye contact all the time. Mm -hmm. You let that for a one minute slip, wherever you are, some guy is going to come up and say, hey, did you get this newspaper for today? They'll just do some crap. Mm -hmm. And for two and a half seconds, that's what you think about. You don't pay attention to what's behind you. If anything is behind there on the floor, sitting down, attaché case, computer, lap case, whatever, bingo, they slide it away. Well, how did I take your briefcase then? Simply by it being on my side and me forward looking. We were in that lounge and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. That would be the last thing there. I tell you <clears> what, though. When I was walking up yeah. and I saw that your big silver CIA briefcase that yeah. you carry around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you felt cool. Ah, when I grabbed that <laughs> son of a bitch, I literally, I'm like, there's two ways to do it. Yeah. Sneak up, I'm do walking. I said, I'm walking up like it's mine. Like yeah. I own it. I walked right. up, grabbed it, fucking walked oh, away. No, that's, the, that's the right attitude. Yeah. That is the kind of confidence factor, right. which is why a comedian is... To some extent, what I would call a hoax personality. You go into this persona, mm. which is why so few people can do it. Right. Social engineering and standing on stage and being a comedian, mm -hmm. that is pretty close. Right. Pretty, pretty close. Right. Well, this thing you, the, that you do, too, is you're, uh, you have a lot of showmanship, like Vegas, which I like. I like that stuff. I like... I like old school uh, entertainment. You know, the with the, there's a a little bigger than life. Uh, hit them over the head. There's a lot more. There's it's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of going into yeah. it. You know, what I mean? you're very. It's fun to yeah. watch, and there's and you don't know what to expect too. I mean, you see yeah. you, you, the suits you wear. You wear yeah. these red Italian made suits. <laughs> you walk out. What are you seven? How far? Seven eight? How tall are you? Uh, six five. Six five. Tall, thin Swede <clears throat> walks out with a mustache. Yep. And they're like, you know, we're in the middle of fucking nowhere, Canada. Yeah, yeah. These people like, are staring up and saying, where did he come from? Right. And then you start working it. And then right. you start. And all of a sudden it starts building and building yeah. and building. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. And, and then you fucking, you know. Yeah, it's, you it's, kind of have them in the hand. You have right. to. Right? And now, yeah. you, where do you live now? Uh, well, uh, 
my home is Las Vegas. Right. Uh, 250, 200 days a year we travel, and then we have a summer place in Sweden. And really? Sweden is good for the summer because it's, you know, 105, 110 in Las Vegas. Who wants to be June, July, August in Las Vegas? Right, yeah. It does so, fucking blow. Yeah. Um, so now you're leaving the tour tomorrow. This is yeah. your last night. Yeah. Now, what, do you, what did you have fun we in this ha- fucking thing? Or was of it- course. It was a whole new... Do you know what I learned more? Than- First of all, it was fun because seeing Canada at big theaters, that's kind of a, um, a break from the corporate gigs that I do. I mean, my, my income stream comes from what they call keynote, which could be a luncheon type things where you're sort of semi-serious, or in the evening where you simply is going to be fun. Uh, but this thing gave me a new attack mode. Uh, what I learned more than anything, and, and I hope that you feel the same way, we never should stand still. Every day should be an experience for the road of going further. So looking at how each of you guys took situation and jammed with it, I felt that I'd been a, a bit stale, playing too much inside the box safe, simply because management said, don't you dare do this because that would be politically incorrect. Right taking a bit of a chance and taking every individual and kind of attacking it hard. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, it's hard for you, too, because you had to go out at the beginning. They split your yeah. setup. Yeah. They made you go out while the people were literally walking, walking in. in. Correct. Yeah. And you had to do you could this. grab them really fast. Well, I'd, say, I'll tell you this, though, is my favorite part of theater, when I go to theater, is the beginning when you don't, this guy, whoever it is, comes out, and you don't even know if the show started uh, or if this guy's uh-huh. just some drunk should asshole. Should I pay attention or should I not? And then all of a sudden you realize... Yeah, that this is... And then you're watching it. Mm-hmm. You didn't even know you were watching mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then it starts. Yeah. And it's like, so... I mean, I don't know how you felt about it, but that's one of my favorite parts of theater. Actually, it worked. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. You know, I have no regrets. Would I have been able to walk away from this tour um, if they had allowed me more minutes uh, to put that early part together with the other one? Right. I would have probably much bigger laughs and right. all of that. But you well, know, let's not get carried away. Probably not. They, they, probably not. Probably not. No, you're not. A, you're not as funny. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. a fucking chance that I would have done better. But you know, um, I this think is the funniest. They booked th- me. They I booked think me this way. The funniest thing you said though is you stole a guy's <laughs> asthma. Or what is inhaler? And the poor guy, you're like, come on up and get it, sir. Yeah. But he's walking up like he's gonna die. You're like, hurry up! I think you need two puffs of this. <laughs> I mean, why would you steal this fucking inhaler, Bob? I mean, what? don't Take have a chance. Have right? a heart, like, yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, <laughs> a heart like the pickpocket have a heart or the other no, one? No, no, real heart. fucking heart. Not, not your fucking adrenaline rush for two seconds. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what it's all about. You've got to take a chance. You know, uh, I've had dentures and condoms and all kinds of crap in my hand from people's oh, pocket. Right. And, and sometimes you say, well, I'll let that stay because I don't know how, how personal it gets or whatever. Right. right. And, and other t- you know, the other thing is the demographic. Because understand that today, humor, the people who buy the ticket is a very different crowd. Can I stop you one second? With yep. the dentures and the condom in the same pocket... <laughs> All right, go ahead. Forget it. Go ahead. <laughs> you know that if you want to be a comedian that um, appeals to 15,000 in an arena, right. that's a different crowd yeah. than we'll see a uh, uh, John Cleese presentation. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, uh, I still have to understand that my money comes from the corporate entertainment, so I still have to be inside the box to some extent. Well, you have to find your people. Yeah. As an entity, you have to find your people, and sometimes <laughs> your people... In the very rare occasions, is these twenty thousand big arenas. Yeah. Some people have uh, comedy clubs. 
Yeah, the attack, the attack is, different, is different. But it's, you know, it's... Um, or it's, otherwise, why would only one or two guys be able to field an arena? Right. There's a reason. Yeah. I well, mean, not we, but the thing is, I not, mean, you and I would love to be able to fill an arena with right. twenty thousand, but neither right. of us is right. right. So uh, certainly, that humor has appealed to a huge demographic that decided to buy a ticket because right. they want that stuff. Yeah. Right. If you tell that comedian, could you tone it down a bit, buddy? He's going to say, "Go fuck yourself." This right. is me, right? Yeah. Am I correct or not? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So now you go back to where? What do you do now? Um, well, I have a he very uh, uh, tight schedule now. Uh, this coming week, I have a two corporate. Uh, immediately, I go down to Dallas, then I go to Las Vegas, then I go to Sweden, uh, and then back to Las Vegas, where a film team will meet me, and we put the final touch on the film that we've been working on for four months for National Geographic. And what's this film um, going to be about? Uh, about my life. About uh, your life. Well, uh, how I have met, how I meet with these guys, how what, why they spill their guts to me. What is right. it? that makes them okay. kind of talk. Is but we're not going to go into everything. But is this going to fuck you, man? As yes, far it, as is. it you're, is. You're burning bridges. Yes, I am. So you're burning bridges. Yeah, not but look at my age. You know, this yeah, is the point in my life where I can say I, that, hey, I can start burning my bridges. You're right. I mean, 100 is fucking so old. Why, so, you know, why not? Old. Okay, so, you know. Yes, I'm burning bridges. Yes, so you're burning the bridges. You're, 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 it's over for you in certain Not places. Hundred percent. But well, you're going to be the guy who fucking did a TV yeah, show on right, National yes, Geographic about right. these guys. Yes. Now, right. do you think they're going to want to take you out? I mean, no, I don't think so. Now, I think they're going to still look at me as a kind of a funny clown, and they're going to, you know, uh, I mean, some of them are going to be angry because they're going to make less money. Um, but uh, the reality is also that the world continues and the information is leaking out and all of that. I think hopefully that they're going to say some of this might in any how become aware. So there's going to be some places where they're really hostile to me, and I'm going to stay away from those places. And Russia? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's crazy, man. That's fucking crazy. But now this uh, National Geographic movie, is this just on National Geographic? Is it going well, to be they, on DVD? They, of course, uh, they own uh, it? Who knows? They own it, yes. Okay. Except that all my footage, my archive, uh, I still own. Right. But, uh, you know, 85% is going to be fresh made stuff by them. And so the 15% comes from my archives and, right. and the rest is their stuff. Okay. So now you're going to give me a video, a little mm -hmm. video. I'm going to yep. put that up on the uh, on my, my app and, yep. and up on the uh, Twitter, a, mm -hmm. uh, a link mm -hmm. to uh, see Bob Arno in action. Mm -hmm. uh, you've been on, I mean, seriously, I mean, David Letterman, name the More shows sure. you've been on over the years. Uh, I haven't been on Leno. Uh, otherwise, I've done them all, all of the news programs, the ABC 2020, you know, Morning, Good Morning America, NBC Dateline, uh, uh, all of them. But, so you, you know, but it's over the over the years, you yeah. know. And, so and you can YouTube Bob Arno and see his shit. He, he's done a lot of stuff. It's pretty crazy. Um, but uh, he's going to give me a little clip so you'll be able to check him out, actually, uh, what he does on stage. And the other stuff on the Internet is actually cool, too, because... He actually goes into crowds and stuff like that, and he talks about these uh, these thieves, these pickpocket thieves, and um, it's pretty interesting. So uh, it's going to be sad. You're going to be off yeah. the tour. They're replacing you with some other dude who's... Hopefully he will uh, fill my shoes. Now, not who's not going six to, five. Who's going to fill your <laughs> shoes? He does not come from Las Vegas. <laughs> my name is Bob Arno. I am very analytical. <laughs> but uh, Bob, it was a pleasure meeting hang with you for three weeks. Yeah. And uh, you're we, an interesting guy. Uh, you and Bambi, your hot wife. Yeah, and, that's uh, what I think too. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, happy she, to hear that you yeah, think the same way. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, very hot. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. That doesn't make you uncomfortable? Of course no, not. I mean, I love the fact that, that uh, you know, 
that my wife that yeah. I look at and yeah. get so much fun of just looking at, yeah. the rest of the world thinks she's attractive too. Yeah, good, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> fucking, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you want the same way with your no, own wife? No, if you looked yeah. at my wife, I'd fucking attack you. <laughs> I want a fucking tall, good-looking wa- thin <laughs> glass of water. <laughs> don't you want no. others to say, hey, that is a nice-looking... No. Huh? I don't want you to do it. I don't <laughs> look over and you're finger-blasting her. She doesn't even know. <laughs> Instead of stealing a wallet, you steal a clitoris. I <laughs> smell this, Robert. <laughs> um, so it was a pleasure, man. Really, and thanks for doing the podcast. Great. And what's your uh, what's your website so people can go? To it, it? It's Bob Arno in one word. That's www.bobarno.com. Now, if you do want the other one, yeah, it's just simply thiefhunters.com. Thiefhunters.com. Yeah. All right, so go check out those websites. Interesting motherfucker. Uh, really good guy. I'm glad I got to know him. Spell it out. Uh, should I have done it a little faster, maybe? No, I just... <laughs> because I'm not knowing exactly the quality of who listens on right. I mean, your demographic. Fucking six people. That's it. Okay. No. <laughs> I, I have no idea what fucking... I do this. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't care. Okay. I, I just... Do it, and it's for my own pleasure, no. so I can have these archived That's conversations fabulous. with yeah. people that uh, I like. Mm-hmm. I actually go back someday and listen to these, you and be should. like, "Oh, that's where I was." Yeah. You know, so I there's there's yeah. people that like them, but uh, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But you got me wordy now, you cocksucker, <laughs> you wordy Swede. All right, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, I'll talk to you fuckers later. I hope you enjoyed this one.